Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Just like last week, day after the game, a little bit different this week. We won. We're happy. It's a positive, upbeat Monday. But again, another season-ending injury for the Colts. This time last week, it was Marlon Mack going down with an Achilles. Today, it is Malik Hooker going down with an Achilles as the Achilles injury is taking out the Colts 2017 draft class one by one last week. Mack, this week, Hooker, devastating injury, especially because... The Colts don't pick up his fifth-year option, so he's going into a contract year this year as a first-round pick back in 2017, doesn't have security for next season, and I think we witnessed the final game of Malik Hooker in a Colts uniform yesterday, so it was awesome to see Julian Blackman explode onto the scene, have a big impact in that game, but at the same time, we lose Malik Hooker for what will most likely be the remainder of his Colts career through the duration of this season. And then moving forward, I think he'll sign probably a one-year prove-it deal somewhere else next year and prove to a team that he could come back from this Achilles. And it'll be interesting to see if he's able to do so because he never really fully came back from that ACL injury. And the ACL, with today's medicine and today's surgery and technology, is way easier to come back from than an Achilles, which is a career-ender for a lot of players. No question. It's really a sad situation for Malik. Honestly, for me, he's never been the same since he was his rookie year in 2017. The the speed in which he played the game that year and the and the impact he had in the short amount of time that he played in 2017 was, was what I expected. And unfortunately for Colt fans and unfortunately for him, he battled injuries pretty much his entire career in Indianapolis. And as the years went on, his skills eroded. I mean, that's uh, that's the best I can say. His speed was not the same. His acceleration was not the same. His, his coverage was not the same. And so this injury, and I hate to say this, and I hope I'm wrong, but this injury could very well end his career as a starting safety in this league. It's a horrible injury for a safety because a safety has to be able to cut and move and, and accelerate quickly. And he is a free safety, somebody that – has to be able to get from point A to point B very quickly and cut and do all those things. And an Achilles injury is the worst possible injury you can get for a player like that. So devastating news. I'm devastated for Malik. He's always been a good kid. He's always worked hard. I have nothing against him. But I just haven't seen the same player that I saw in 2017 since 2017. Yeah, and I think that makes it even that much worse because you're not taking him at full mobility now coming back from this Achilles. He's already diminished from where he was in 2017 coming out of Ohio State. And I tweeted this earlier today, and this wasn't to put a damper on Malik Hooker or to say that he didn't work as hard coming back from the surgery. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of luck to either not get hurt or to come back from a big surgery like a torn ACL. And Malik Hooker tore his ACL in October of 2017. Julian Blackman tore his ACL in December of 2019. So we're only talking about nine months ago for Julian Blackman. When we drafted him in April, we didn't expect to see him until October, November, the earliest. He was on the field this week making plays and showing us his range and versatility. And I think in just one game, and yes, it's a small sample size, but I think in that one game, we saw more versatility, mobility, and range from Julian Blackman, his first game back, than we've seen from Malik Hooker in two-plus years coming off that ACL injury from 2017. 
There's absolutely no question about it. I mean, the difference when, when Blackman was in the game from when Hooker was in the game was night and day. Our defense was totally different. He was all over the field making plays, hitting guys, knocking balls down. I just think he's he's going to end up being a better all-around player than Malik Hooker. That's just my That's been my feeling since we drafted him. And when we didn't pick up the fifth-year option, my feeling was our starting safety was the guy we just drafted from Utah. Our starting free safety in, of the future was the guy we just drafted from Utah. And nothing that I've seen has changed that opinion. I think the kid is going to be a Pro Bowl player. I think he fits this defense perfectly because he not only can cover ground and play the pass, but he will come up and run support and hit you in the mouth. So as far as, as Blackman goes, I think the future is bright for him, and I love George Odom backing him up, so I like our free safety depth. Unfortunately for Malik, though, I think that this ends the this is the end of the line for him with Indianapolis. I, I fully expect to see him along with the rest of like the last – five years of Colts cast-offs in the New York Jets uniform next year. <laughs> yeah, I expect to see him with the Jets, too. And when you look at what Rex Hogan's done over there with Joe Douglas, they've pretty much taken all of our entire 2017 secondary, I'm pretty sure, is with the Jets because you have Hairston, you have Wilson. I think Hooker will be there next year. Farley was there. I'm not sure if Matthias Farley's still there, but – so many guys from that 2017 secondary have made their way over to the New York Jets. They're almost like our farm team in reverse. First they come here, then we send them there. So it's almost like we're their farm system in a sense. But the Jets have taken a lot of our sloppy seconds, if you will. And I don't think, Jason, that it's a coincidence that we declined Malik's fifth-year option after drafting Julian Blackman. I think this was in the cards no. Well before this injury, we did not expect to see Malik back in 2021 after declining that fifth-year option. And then to see the way he played last week and the way he played through the first two quarters this week, he did not look like a guy that was going to be back next year for the Colts. And I thought he was probably going to be gone anyway, dating back to when we declined that fifth-year option and that happening after drafting Julian Blackman. So I think the selection of Blackman was pretty much the end of Malik's career in Indianapolis and then this just sped up the process by about 14 games yeah and it allows Malik to kind of get away from from the team and kind of rehab on his own and, and get his mind right for what he's going to do next which is good for him I think in this situation I think he knows he's not going to be back here so it allows him to go work out do what he needs to do on his own get his mind right and focus on where he's going to play next and what he needs to improve on as a player which, you know, there's obviously quite a bit of stuff that he needs to improve on. But as far as the Colts go, I mean, I, I think I think they're going to be fine at that position. They have depth there. I think Blackman's going to step right in and play well. But, man, can we stop with the season-ending injuries now? This is what we're in week, we're in week two, and we've, we've had possibly three starting season-ending injury players. I mean, we don't know about Paris yet for sure, but the rumor is he's out for the year with a PCL injury. So we're two weeks in. We've lost three starters. Yeah, and we've lost other starters for hopefully smaller periods of time. You look at the tight end position, you lose Jack Doyle and you lose Trey Burton. Your number three steps in, in Mo Ali Cox, and he has a all-pro caliber day. I mean, he had one of the best performances we've seen single game from a tight end in some time in Indianapolis yesterday. He had a phenomenal performance other than that one play on the goal line. He had his next five targets were five receptions for 111 yards, so he stepped up, and we're going to see that. We already saw it with Blackman yesterday. We already saw it with Taylor yesterday. And what about going into the 2020 draft? We didn't have, and I don't think anybody had, running back as a top 
15 need for the Colts. And then I don't think a lot of people had free safety as a top five need. So we went into the draft without running back or free safety as top five needs for the Colts. Ballard goes running back with the second pick, free safety with the third pick. And then week one, our starting running back goes down with the torn Achilles out for the season. And then week two, our starting free safety goes down with the torn Achilles out for the season. It's almost like we got lucky in a super unlucky way. It'd be great to have Blackman and Hooker playing together, alternating at the free safety spot. It'd be great to have Taylor and Max splitting carries as a starting running back, first, second running back as a tandem. That would be phenomenal. That's perfect world. But imperfect world would be these injuries still occurring the way they occurred without the depth and additions of Jonathan Taylor and Julian Blackman, who through just one and two games of their NFL careers look like Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber players. And that's not a stretch when you're drafted by Chris Ballard because he's done it multiple times drafting rookies that come in and right out the gate play like Pro Bowlers, play like All-Pros. That's why Chris Ballard's Chris Ballard. I mean, he 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 always thinks two steps ahead of everybody else. He looked at he looked at Hooker and, and declined the fifth year option. He looked at Mac and said, "Okay, this is one. You know, we we've got one more year with him. What if?" And he and he went into the what ifs. I'm sure it's like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And looked at the players available and was like, "There's no way I can pass these two players up. They're too good." And then you get Taylor and you get Blackman, and now they're both big-time pieces of our team this year, and they've got to step up and play well, and I absolutely think they will. Yeah, and you look at the last couple of years, 2000, well, you could even go back to 2017. We relied on Malik Hooker and that rookie class. And then 2018, your two best players outside of Andrew Luck are two rookies. You have two All-Pros in Quinn Nelson and Darius Leonard. Then last year, Ben Banigou coming onto the scene late in the season, and you had Rock as a starting corner for the second half of the season. Then coming into this year, he's your number one corner. And you look at rookie production each and every year Chris Ballard's been here. Kari Willis as well starting at the strong safety spot at the end of the year last year. And how many rookies have come in and made immediate impacts for Chris Ballard. And now just two weeks into this year, yesterday for all our receivers, Pittman led the team in snaps for receivers and then you have Jonathan Taylor with 26 carries over 100 rushing yards and a touchdown and then Julian Blackman and everything he did filling in for Malik in the secondary and you look down the line year after year after year 17 18 19 and now 20 every year Chris Ballard has had rookies step up and produce right out the gates their rookie seasons yeah and there's something to be said for Matt Eberflus as well I mean all these rookie players that have come into that that defense of his in that scheme and have excelled right out the gate. It says a lot about one, his coaching ability and his ability to get young players ready to play. And not only that excel once they get out on the field. And I think you're, you're going to see that with, with Blackman and some of these young players that are going to see time now due to injury. I mean, we've seen it from Darius Leonard to Bobby Okariki to Kari Willis. Now Julian Blackman, his ability to get the best out of young players. And by young, I mean, rookies and second year players, is something that I don't think he gets enough credit for or the defensive staff gets enough credit for because it's rare that young players jump right into a defense and make the the kind of contributions that our young defensive players have made. I mean, Darius Leonard, to me, is the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL and the most productive one, and I think Matt Eberflus and his coaching staff have a ton to do with that. So I think there's a lot to be said for the coaching that the Colts have gotten. Their young players are coached well, and when they come in and they have to play, they're prepared and they're ready to play, and they play well. So 
I'm not too worried about things. I think the defense is going to be fine. I think the players that have to step in and play are going to be fine. And uh, it's going to be a fun ride, man. I'm excited about the, the upcoming games. It's sad about Malik and, and, and Paris. Hopefully maybe, you know, it's not as bad as we think, but the rumor is he's out for the year. So that sucks. But guys will step up, and this team will still be good, and we'll find a way. That's what good teams do. They find a way to overcome adversity, and I think that's what the Colts will do in the long run. Yeah, and we brought up Julian Blackman multiple times. He was phenomenal yesterday. But, Jason, what about George Odom? I feel like nobody's talking about Odom. Already people are talking about going out and signing Earl Thomas, who I do not believe Ballard will entertain because I don't think he's a Ballard guy, and he had weird stuff come out about him this offseason. So I think Earl Thomas is off the table. I think any vet like that is off the table. I think Ballard is content with this safety group. I think he's content with George Odom backing up. Julian Blackman and Oda makes plays and I've seen a bunch of people this morning say I'm going to go out here with a hot take and say Julian Blackman is better than Malik Hooker I don't think that's a hot take I know it's a very small sample size but I think that it's a pretty normal take right now because Malik the last year and a half two years really since his rookie season hasn't been the same player the player we saw yesterday in Julian Blackman with his ability to hit and the angles he took and his range and playmaking ability and just activity all over the field was already better than what we've seen out of Malik, not just these past two weeks, but honestly the past year, two years since coming back from that ACL injury in 2018. So I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think a hotter take would be George Odom is also better than what we've seen out of Malik Hooker in recent history and this safety room really might as sad as I am for Malik and I don't want to see a player get hurt but if you want a hot take I think the hot take would be that we just lost our third best overall free safety it's definitely possible I like George Odom a lot you know how I feel about Julian Blackman I think he's already better than Malik and I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl player it's only a matter of can he stay healthy, which we always worry about with players. But as far as George Odom goes, I mean, I, lo- I love that kid. I-, I love everything about him. He's a great special teams player. When he's gotten the opportunity to play, he's played well. I think of the Kansas City game. He played in that game and played really, really good football and was really complimentary to Kari Willis back there in the secondary. So I feel great about our free safety spot. I don't want any vet. We don't need to sign veterans. I don't want Earl Thomas and his attitude in Indianapolis. Trust me, he was in Baltimore. He did not fit in Baltimore and he was not liked in Baltimore. I don't want a guy like that in our locker room. I, we are, we are fine at free safety. We absolutely can roll with what we have. And if somebody was to get hurt, there's plenty of other options out there that I would prefer over Earl Thomas. And that's not saying Earl Thomas isn't a great player. That's saying Earl Thomas isn't a great teammate. And I don't want that on my team. Exactly. I don't think he's a Ballard guy. And not only is he not a great teammate, but he also had weird stuff, that weird story about him and his brother and the gun and everything that happened this offseason. So I just think it's a red flag caution tape player. I don't think we need a safety anyway. If Ballard's going to go out and start the scavenger hunt for veterans, I'm looking cornerback. I'm looking backup left tackle. There's other spots I'm looking before I'm looking free safety. I like this free safety room. I liked all three of them, and now I like both of them, and I like Kari Wills. I like everybody in that room, so I don't think safety is nearly as big of a need as 
Maybe Colts Twitter has talked about it being this morning. So I'm content right now. If we were to not pick up a safety, you know, God forbid somebody else goes down, then you're going to have to start to explore other options. But right now, at least that free safety, that tandem between Julian Blackman and George Odom, I think those two guys are going to be fine. And I think those two guys together are an upgrade at that position over Malik Hooker and George Odom together as a tandem. I totally agree. And if you just look at our our, our safety room, I mean, I, I, I like both. I, li- I like both our free and strong. I like Tavon Wilson backing up Kari, and I like George Odom backing up Blackman. I think all four of those guys, if they have to play, will be fine. I have no problem with our safety depth right now than the guys that we have. I 100% agree with you. If we're going to go out and look for somebody, I think corner and, and left tackle is the two places. Maybe wide receiver. If you want to get like a veteran, if you want to bring Marcus Johnson back, maybe you do that. But other than that, man, I mean, they're, they're in a pretty good spot because they have really talented young players. So the Colts are, they're going to be fine. The Colts are going to be all right. They've got really talented players where they've lost guys. And I think, you know, over, over time, this team's going to come together and I think it's all going to work out in the end. So, and I think it'll work out in the end for, for the players that got injured as well, whether that be Mac or, hooker so one way or the other it'll work out but i'm really happy with what we have as far as the depth goes and i definitely would be against signing any high price veteran because you know a guy like you know a guy like earl thomas is going to want a ton of money and i'm just uh, no let's just let's just let's just look the other direction let's let's roll with what we have and and i think we're going to be real real surprised at what we do have when it comes to julian blackman and, and he's just I think he's going to be uh, a guy that you notice every week that somebody's going to somebody that's going to make plays every game. So I'm really pumped about him. I, I don't know if you know this or not, Luke, but I'm really pumped about watching Julian Blackman play. I could tell. And I think a lot of the reaction to Malik's injury on Twitter right now is name on the back of the jersey. Hype in 2017, yep. first-round pick, dazzled with a couple interceptions even last year with the one-handed pick against Rivers in week one against the Chargers but he just hasn't been that guy consistently and he hasn't been that guy in other aspects of his game other than that ball hawk. But even that ball hawk, we only see him once every three, four, five weeks. So he's not even that guy game in and game out. So I think that people seeing Malik go down for the year and are immediately starting to look for veteran safeties are looking at the name on the back of the jersey and they're not looking at the production on the field and the production just hasn't been there for Malik Hooker. So God bless him. Godspeed. I hope he recovers quick. I hope he gets back out there as soon as possible and he finds a home next year on a one-year deal where he could prove it and he could come back and he could get back to full strength and he could be that 2017 Malik we saw with all those interceptions in the early portion of his rookie season before going down with the torn ACL, now coming back from the torn Achilles and hopefully he is able to get a big contract for 2022 and beyond in this league because he's a good guy. I always root for Colts. I always root for former Colts. I always root for everybody, and you never, ever, ever root for injury no matter who it is. And yesterday, not just for the Colts, but around the league, yesterday was a big day for injuries. A lot of players went down with injuries, and then it really makes you thankful for the guys who are able to stay durable and remain durable throughout the course of their careers guys like frank gore who we'll see this week when we go up against the jets 
who played three years in Indy, never missed a game, has only missed two games since 2010 at one of the most physically grueling positions at the running back position in the National Football League. So that's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We'll be back with a couple more podcasts this week as we get ready for week three against the New York Jets right here on the For the Culture Podcast.